Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danka together with Ziaul Raushan. Uh, today we're talking about something we'd never do in public ranting about our bosses. <laughs> for now. For now. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've only just joined just the company. Turn, turn the I'm, within, I'm within the first year. <laughs> Let's see when frustration boils over. No, jokes aside, I don't think it's PR behavior to be doing that, right? You know, you would you would think that anyone would be wise enough not to do that. But I guess for these football managers, right, they're in such high-profile jobs. They're blamed for about 10,001 things. Not all of which is their fault. Not all of which, yeah, yeah. And and sometimes they just can't help but let go. Okay, so this is inspired by the fact that a certain Spurs manager, Antonio Conte, went out on a bit of a rant over the weekend. We'll play you a, a short sample of uh, some of the things he said. You are finding an alibi, another, another alibi. You try to find alibi and an excuse for, for, for the players. Okay, continue, continue to do this, to find excuse for the players. You do only this, you do only this, excuse for the players. Yeah, but the players, maybe my, my future, and then okay, they, they, lost, they lost confidence, they lost spirit, they lost to, to be a team. Excuse, 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 try to protect, try to protect every time. And uh, this situation, ah, come on, come on, come on. We are professional. We, we, we paid, the club paid us a lot of money. The players receive money. Me, receive money. I can't help but think that Conte was quite Asian there. You find excuse, huh? you excuse. A lot of excuse, huh? you see how excuse. <laughs> and what I love is that Italian accent is so passionate that he almost adds to yeah. the, the anger that he's feeling or the frustration that he's feeling, right? Gotta love the guy. Uh, he's speaking pretty fluent English now. Considering yeah. a year ago, he was still speaking in Italian. It's surprising that he's picked up English, but he still hasn't found a way to get through to his players. Conte clearly sounds like a very frustrated man. I mean, I think this issue in particular with Spurs trying to get that message through yeah. to this group of players has been difficult for him, mm, despite, mm, like mm. you say, now speaking conversational English, right? Yeah. And it's it's it must be frustrating for him purely because he's used to winning. He's used to taking on big jobs and it's doing true. well. And it's I true. feel he thought the Spurs job might go a bit better for him. I think in the past he's complained about not having money to spend, yeah. not enough, which I disagree with. But I don't agree with this rant either because my initial reaction when I saw the clip over the weekend was like, that's no way to treat your employees, right? That's the thing. And and he is considered in the sandwich here because he's got employers. He's got big bosses, right? Uh, sporting director, whatnot. That, those would be under above him in the hierarchy. And of course, he's got the players under him um, and, and the coaches as well. It's like in the company, you don't... You don't want to air your dirty linen out in public like that. I mean, if you've got an issue like what he has with the players, perhaps he should talk to them. And he actually elaborated further on and really sort of broke down the attitudes of the players. Have a listen. They don't play. Uh, they don't want to play under pressure. They don't want to play under stress. <laughs> yeah, it's easy in this way. And Tottenham, Tottenham story is this. 20 years that there is the owner and never won something. But why? Only for the, the fault is only for the club or for the every manager that stay uh, here. And uh, I have seen eh, the manager that Tottenham had on the bench. You risk to disrupt the figure of the manager and to protect the other situation in every moment. 
So even other managers are getting thrown under the bus. Yeah, unreal. You talk about alienating the players. You talk about making enemies with the mm. upper hierarchy. Yeah. He's also absolutely alienated the fan base because no manager can come out and record and say, this is the way of Spurs, which is factually correct. Mm. But aren't you then basically removing all belief, any form of belief that the Spurs team may have? I don't know though. Uh, okay, so here's my point of view. Uh, but maybe I can have this point of view because I'm not a Spurs fan, right? I felt that if I were a fan, I would like this guy even more because he cares. T- take for example uh, when Louis Van Hal started to you know have certain rants against the press. Or remember that one time where he was so angry with the referee, he imitated a fall on the ground. Or Jose Mourinho, you know, coming out to say, "Oh, you know, I I win three titles, three titles. The rest of manager they share." And I felt, wow, this manager is is passionate, and and I kind of I kind of like this guy now. We've already had a podcast titled Blurred Lines, but I think to your <laughs> point, it's very, very grey, this this area yeah. you speak of, purely because those examples you bring up of Mourinho, yeah. of Van Hal, it's not directly accusing the players of anything. If anything, it's like the manager is one of them, okay. wearing his okay. arm on their sleeve. Good point. Asking for respect, <laughs> re-imitating what happens when a player gets tackled on the pitch. Yep. Those are things that brings you closer to your group of players. And let's say it how it is. We are not all going to like our employers. Mm. It's highly unlikely of that course. we are 100% comfortable of with course. them. There will be some friction, some friction of sort. But that doesn't mean... Even the elves are fed up with Santa Claus certain time of the year. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. And we're talking about people <laughs> who represents Yeah, living, exactly. Right? So, the point is, I think you need to be careful, especially being in Conte's situation. Yeah, like you yeah. said, he's managing up and managing down. Yeah. But right now, I think he's burnt both bridges and I think he's experienced enough to know the repercussions of what would have happened. Mm. He's a manager who's been in that job for 18 months. Yeah, he yeah. would know his way around the Spurs dressing exactly. room. And he would know this rant is not going to help anyone but himself to get a big fat paycheck and get the sack and notice the timing of it as well yeah. it's right before the international window which is historically when if clubs were to sack managers to buy themselves some time that's when they're going to do it can I stretch and ask if there's any potential that he's just trying to play a mind game uh, a bit old fashioned but maybe the mind game that oh, if you don't play well I, th- I will throw you under the bus in public and I will let the fans see you for the lousy player that you are Sometimes managers do that. It could be. It could be a motivational tactic where he's trying to say, all right, I've called it as it is. Go out there and prove that I was wrong. And I think he would take it on his chin if his players went out there and put in a performance. Mm. I think with Conte, he's approached a very delicate situation where now if it doesn't work, he just looks like he threw the players under the bus just to absorb himself or blame and save his reputation. And I think that's where it's difficult to justify what he came out and did after Saturday. It's true. I mean, I I can't even stretch as far to say that he's trying to do this to make other managers think that uh, Spurs are a walkover and then they can suddenly surprise you. Because, you know, sometimes managers, they they get into mind games with each other. Take, for example, a very famous one in the early 90s where Kevin Keegan in charge of Newcastle United. Uh, They were leading Manchester United at one point. United were were, were catching up and Sir Alex Ferguson started to play mind games. Yes, he always does. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Keegan tried and failed. Well, have a listen. You can tell him now, if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. A lot of journalists were shocked when they saw this. You, you talk <laughs> about was a mind meltdown. Games. Exactly. You talk about mind games, but you can sense it's a meltdown just from yeah. the way he's breathing when he <laughs> delivers that statement. He's catching his breath. He's getting all excited. And that's where... He, he let Sir Alex Ferguson and Manchester United get under his skin, yeah. right? So that 
perhaps was a ploy at trying to motivate his players, challenge them to take on the mighty Manchester United of the 90s. Yeah. But it didn't really work didn't out that really way, as history out, yeah. will tell you. So, whether that was the best way, we've seen Rafa Benitez try a similar sort of yeah. a mind game tactic. Get the facts. Sir. Get the facts. Exactly. And I think, I think Sir Alex Ferguson was a master of man management as well as the dark arts in terms of yeah. mind games. He knew how to apply pressure to different managers, to the referees, yeah. to international managers. So to take on someone of that stature, you need a lot more Correct. gumption. You need yeah. a lot more confidence. And I don't think that came through from Kevin Keegan. Ferguson would protect players who are in the wrong uh, because he didn't want to make them a centre of attraction. And one thing that Ferguson never did was he never allowed journalists to get under his skin. Um, in fact, he would take the drastic step of just banning the whole... <laughs> <laughs> company, I think at once he once he banned BBC. Yes, I, I recall he banned a grudge. Wrong, yeah, yeah a long time grudge. Uh, so you can imagine this next manager. He there was a bit of a conflict he had with the journalist. He got really unhappy. In fact, he starts off by slamming the table. Listen carefully. That's the wrong information, and there, there as well. I uh, would like. I think I worked for sixteen years here in England, and I deserve a bit more credit than wrong information. I look I look at you not because you give information. I don't know if it's you. I don't know where information comes from. Yeah, why do you look at me? I should try that. I work in journalism for 20 years. I have a lot of experience. Thanks, by the way, for the warning about the banging of the <laughs> yes, table. Yes, you got shocked really still. <laughs> caught me off guard. But yeah, this is, I think this is where you talk about the journalists probably just trying to do their job in a sense where it is the job of the journalist to fish for information based yeah. on bite-sized information. Mixed news, e- Exactly. And to let a journalist get under your skin, we talked about it earlier, mm. a manager is dealing with 10,001 issues, yeah. not all of the journalist's <laughs> fault, right? He might have internal conflict in his dressing rooms, he might be having problems with his boss, he might be having problems at home. So it seems Arsene Wenger, who tends to be a generally measured man, yeah. let the journalist get under his skin. Again, not a good look. Yeah. Lucky for Arsene, that probably happened in the era before social media went viral. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't stop us from finding that clip. But if that it did brilliant. today, it would go viral. That was brilliant. Well, he's French and they are a passionate bunch. So maybe that. But sometimes it's on the flip side, right? And, and really our point is... It, in today's day and age, it's never good to go on a rant against your fellow employees or even your employers. And sometimes people just decide to take one thing, one step further and uh, go to the media. You know, take for example this guy. The owners of the club, they listen. They don't. The glazers. The glazers. They don't. They don't care about about the club. I mean, professional uh, sport. As you know, this Manchester is a marketing club. They will get his money from the marketing. The sports, it's, they, they don't really care in my opinion. The great Cristiano Ronaldo. The once great Cristiano Ronaldo, I feel his star hey, dropped he's got a hat-trick in Saudi Arabia over the weekend. Who cares? <laughs> and if you could do that. <laughs> but honestly, oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo, again, we talk about implosions and its implications. Yeah, yeah. I feel Ronaldo clearly knew what the implications of yeah. saying that would be. If anything, he tried to get fans on side because we know how Manchester United fans feel about the Glazers. Mm. So perhaps it was a, a cheap tactic to try and say, I'm one of you. I feel the frustration with the Glazers. But regardless, Regardless of who you are, what the fans may feel, if you are getting your paycheck from the employer, you have no right to come out and slam them publicly at least. It was a conversation that needed to be taken 
taken place privately yeah. and I think Ronaldo took the wrong medium there. I think he knew that that was the end. I mean, do you ever face this? In a, I'm sure you have, right? You're you're in a situation in a meeting, you're getting blamed for a couple of things. Some are justifiable, some are not. That's life. It's normal. And, and in that moment, right, you've got to count to like 10 or 20 or even 30 uh, before reacting because when you think back and you know that if you reacted the way you initially wanted to react, it could have been the end. And, and it's so unnecessary. I think I've been on the other side where I've reacted and then straight away I realised, oops, oh, shouldn't yeah, have done that. Yeah, and yeah. with age, I've learned that counting to 10 helps or yep. taking a conversation privately helps because the content of what you're trying to say in terms of your frustration may be the same. But when you play it out in a room full yeah. of your colleagues, then you run into the trouble of other people taking it the way they want to rather than your intentions and that may then muddle the whole issue of oh he got angry but I got angry within for good reason rather so I think just to be careful I think we cannot act too impulsively and have an implosion in that way because when you act when the red mist descends, so to speak, right? <laughs> More often than not, the red mist takes center stage rather than the contents of your outburst. So if you dial it back slightly yeah. and let it fester for a while, I know it's painful to let it fester within you, but at least let it cool off. Perhaps you can make a bit more sense of it. I never let it fester. You come to my house, I show you my wooden cupboard. <laughs> or what's left of it. The more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.